You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. Several years ago, I did a tour of Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. Uh, It turns out to be one of the largest cave systems in the world. And as you go to any, if any of you have ever uh, toured a, a cavern, maybe even like Linville Caverns here in North Carolina, then you know that if you're guided through that, you're shown different things inside that, that cave. There are rock formations, maybe a, a stream or two, and these quote-unquote rooms where you can be seen and uh, various, various elements inside the cave. Well, at Mammoth Cave in Kentucky, there was this room that was so large that 30 of us gathered without any problem whatsoever, and it just so happened it was in the heart of the cave. Now, the guide warned us, and then he turned off all the lights. You know what you could see? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Not even the hand in front of your face. But then he lit a single match. And amazingly, the light from that single match lit up enough of that room in which we could see the faces of each other. Why do I mention this? Because we're going to hear a lot about light from the Gospel of John today as we're walking through the Gospel of John this year. And we're going to hear Jesus talk about light. This is in John chapter 8. Here's where we begin. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light, of life. So here's the context of Jesus saying this. It's during the great feast of tabernacles. We've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. This festival commemorates an event in the Old Testament where God's people were in bondage and slavery in Egypt under a cruel cruel king named Pharaoh. And God delivered them, and they had to walk out of their freedom, out of Egypt, toward their new home in the promised land. But what's the path? Who's got the map? Well, there weren't any maps. And this is about 32 years before Google Maps. So what God does is even better. God is going to lead them. So during the daytime, there's a cloud. They just follow the cloud. It's pretty cool. You can't really see a cloud at night. So what he does instead, then it's a pillar of fire that literally would go before them and illuminate their path. So they would follow the light, and to follow the light was literally to follow the Lord. He was directing them. Now many years later, they're in the promised land, and they are commemorating this event where God was leading them to their new home through the wilderness, and how this festival worked is that they would camp outside for a week. They'd go to the temple in Jerusalem to worship God, and during the apex of this, uh, of this week-long celebration, right near the end, actually, they would bring out these huge candelabras and light them. And, and the light from those candelabras at night would shine for miles. And then it's Jesus who steps forward at the end of the celebration. And he declares, 
I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. So let me share a few things with you. Number one, again, to follow the light is to follow the Lord. What Jesus is saying, he says it this way, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Following Jesus means he's the leader. You're not. I'm not. Here's what you need to know. You don't tell Jesus, hey, here's what I'm doing. Join me. Here's what I'm doing. Agree with me. That's not how this works. Jesus is the leader. You and I are to be the follower. And to follow Jesus, to walk in the light, is literally to walk with the Lord. This is humility. This is integrity. This is repentance. This is honesty. Walking with Jesus is walking in the light. Number two, believing in Jesus is just the beginning. Some of you have made a commitment to believe in Jesus, but you're not really following him. Christianity isn't just about believing in Jesus, it's following Jesus. It's relational. It's you and Jesus doing life together. This is Jesus leading you following, walking step by step in a relationship with him. So what does that next step look like? It could be that maybe your next step is to, you got to get a Bible. Maybe your next step is to pray. Maybe your next step is to find better friends. Maybe your next step is to learn some things. Whatever your next step is, we want to encourage you, take that next step. Number three, Jesus is the light for the world, not just a group. Here's how he says it. I am the light of the world. Most of the religions, false religions, their God only cares about their group. So God loves us, not them. God cares about our race, not their race. God loves our culture, not their culture. God likes our kind, not their kind. Jesus is a global God. He loves people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, because God has made all people. Jesus comes to save people from all groups. He is the God of the whole world, not just a group. So this is a tremendous invitation and declaration. And and it's amazing to me that we live in this world where many people will say, you know what, we just need to all come together. We need unity. We need agreement. What they're saying, they don't even know it, is we need Jesus. We need someone to be the center that unifies us. That our unity is only going to come in a relationship with him. Because the closer we get to Jesus, the closer we get to each other. And number four, the world is filled with moral and spiritual darkness. You know why the light has to come? Because there's darkness. The light would not have to come if there was not darkness. And usually we don't even realize how morally and spiritually dark this world is until the truth comes. How many of you have have been in a really dark place? I mean, physically, literally, you've been in a dark place and you don't realize how dark it is because your eyes kind of adjust until like, let's say that you're in a movie theater, you don't realize how dark it is until you step outside. This world is totally and completely dark and Jesus comes as the light of the world. 
That means that you and I need Jesus to be able to see ourselves clearly, to see anything clearly. You see, Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus walked on this earth, in chapter 5, verse 20, prophesied about this. He said, this is what would happen. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. In other words, they've got it upside down. You need to know we live in a world that calls darkness light. We're enlightened, we think. And Jesus comes to bring light to a dark world. The author of this gospel, John, also had letters in the New Testament. He wrote one of those from 1 John. You actually heard this earlier in the service. Here's what he writes in chapter 1. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. You know why people don't want to come to the light? Because their darkness will get exposed. Jesus wants you to bring your darkness into his light. Jesus, here's who I am. Here's what I've said. Here's what I've done. Here's what I've believed. Here's how I've felt. Here's what I've desired. He will forgive you. And you know what he will allow you to have is a relationship with him. Because something that is separating you in a relationship from Jesus is the darkness in your life. And he wants to remove that darkness so that you can have a relationship with him. Look, God is not looking for people. He's simply looking for honest people. So Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now, the question that ensues is, is there light in religion or is there light in the culture? And Jesus wants to address those in succession. Now, now you would think that in religion, there'd be light for the darkness in culture. That's what many of us would think. And the culture is filled with darkness and the religion must have light in order to shine into the culture. And we believe that, and we hear other religions say, well, you know, come to us, we're enlightened. But here's what I want you to know. Religion is darkness. The Pharisees challenged Jesus. These are the religious leaders. These are the religious elite. They challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus comes and says, I am the light of the world. Religion steps up and says, you're the darkness. Jesus comes to expose darkness, even in religion, and they say, you're a liar. We're the truth tellers. You're the problem. We're the solution. Let me make this clear. I'm not trying to convert you to religion. I want you to walk with Jesus. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus, not a commitment to a religion. All a religion is, is another kind of darkness. To walk with Jesus is to walk in the light. How do I know this? Because the darkness comes up and it opposes him in the name of religion. They say, we represent God and we oppose you. And Jesus said, well, I am God. Jesus answered. 
even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from. I came from heaven. And I know where I'm going. I'm going to die and rise and go back to the kingdom. But you have no idea where I've come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. You know, what you see, what you think, what you perceive, what you misperceive. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I'm not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. What he's saying is, I'm here to say words, words that the Father has given me. And I'm here to do works. Those works are what the Father has given me. And if you oppose me, you oppose him who sent me. Jesus continues. In your own law, he's talking to the Pharisees, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I'm the one who testifies for myself. Okay, there's one witness. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where's your father? You do not know my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. What he's saying is you don't know who God is. Do they know religion? Oh, yeah. They've memorized books of the Bible. They keep the Sabbath holy. They, they take it off. They tithe 10%. They commemorate and celebrate all the feasts and festivals. And they know all 613 laws that are contained in the first five books of the Old Testament. And they seek to obey them all. Look, you can know the Bible and not know God. You can know morality and not know God. You can know spirituality and not know God. Now, if you know God, you know the Bible. If you know God, you know morality. If you know God, you know spirituality. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. <laughs> Let me say this. If you want to start down a religious path, just assume you're always right. You're never wrong. Everyone else is the problem. You're the solution. And when God is about to drop a hammer, you're the one who's going to hold it. Jesus comes to bring light into the darkness and to judge the world. And the religious leaders judge Jesus. That's how a religious heart begins. These people have hardened their hearts. They know the scriptures, but they don't know the Lord. And when Jesus shows up, they use the scriptures to argue with the Lord instead of trying to have a relationship with the Lord. Some of you are trying to use the Bible to create a God that you can control and manipulate. That's not the real God. Some of you are frustrated because who God is is not who you want him to be. You need to walk in the light. You need to come and get your heart condition right that leads to a relationship with Jesus. Now, what is God the Father's will for Jesus at this moment? It is to preach and teach at the temple. That's why he's there. That's what he's doing. And that's why he said, the Father has sent me and he told me some things to say. 
And they say, well, we need to get rid of you and silence you. They don't even know that they're opposed to the will of God. All right, up to this point, here's the summary. Religion is darkness. And it doesn't matter if they tell you that it leads to enlightenment. God comes as the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. He is oppressed by religion. So then the question becomes, all right, if there's darkness in religion, is there perhaps light in culture? Is there hope for us for the human condition? Is there hope for the human condition in culture? And Jesus deals with that. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go to the grave and ultimately back into the kingdom, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he's saying, well, go, you cannot come? They don't understand. But he continued, you are from below. That's the world. That's culture. I am from above. That's the kingdom. That's heaven. That's eternity. That's in the presence of God. You are of this world. That's the culture. That's the nation's. That's the collective way that these people sought to get answers to, why am I here? Where did I come from? Where am I going? Jesus says, you're of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. So let me unpack this for you. You know, Jesus teaches us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But not just in that prayer, over and over, this points to the fact that we should try to live kingdom down, not culture up. Culture up is, Jesus, here's what we want. Jesus, here's what we think. Jesus, we took a vote. We think you need to edit the book you wrote. So we tend to think culture up, and we want God to bless our cultural vision for us and those around us. And Jesus comes and says, no, that's darkness. I am the light of the world. I have come to bring light into the culture. I have come to bring the kingdom down into the culture. So let me say this. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, who you truly are is who you will be for all eternity. So is there anything in your lifestyle that you will not be doing in the presence of Jesus in the kingdom of God? Stop it because that's not who you are. Is there anything about the way you think that is incongruent with the word of God and the will of God and the ways of God? You won't be thinking that way in the kingdom. Then repent of those thoughts, bring them into the light and let that light transform your lifestyle. Let it transform your darkness. If you are a child of God, you will die like Jesus died and rise like Jesus rose and you will live with Jesus and you will be with Jesus forever. So we are called on to live in light of eternity, not in light of the fall and sin and failure. Jesus says, I'm not of this world. You are of this world. 
I bring light into this world because this world, past, present, and future, is filled with darkness. You see, here's the problem. The problem isn't out there. The problem is in here. You can get angry about institutional sin, but you should get as equally angry about personal sin. Because all culture is, is a reflection of the human condition. As long as there are dark sinners in their soul, there will be dark cultures on this planet. And you cannot just change the culture. You must change at the deepest level in each human being where our personal darkness is exposed. Let the light of God in so that it transforms, heals, renews, alters, saves so that you can begin to live kingdom down and not culture up. And in that way, to prepare ourselves for eternity when we see not only does kingdom come, but God's will being done. So it all boils down to Jesus. Your hope is not in religion. Your hope is not in culture. Your only hope is not from this world. It's for this world. It's the light of the world. His name is Jesus. So let me ask you a question. Do you believe in Jesus? Because it all comes down to him. You believe in him, that's the starting line. You follow him to the finish line. You walk in the light as he is in the light. This is a relationship where, and some of you are struggling because you say, you know, if I tell him what I've done, I'm not sure what he'll think of me. He already knows. What if I tell him my secret thoughts? He knows your mind. What if I tell him the dark longings of my heart? He knows your heart. He sees all, he knows all, and he loves you. And he's come to have a relationship with you and he pursues you and he wants you to walk with him and that darkness is no trouble for him because he is the light of the world that overcomes the darkness so my last question is do you believe in Jesus and my next question is do you believe in Jesus (laughs) again it all comes down to Jesus your hope is not in religion your hope is not in culture your hope is not in this world it is for this world it is the light of the world his name is Jesus all right you ready for this because he's just finished telling them I'm God and if you don't believe in me you will die in your sins who are you (laughs) they asked Just what I've been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I keep telling you, I'm God come down from heaven to die to forgive you so that you can have a relationship with me that lasts forever. Here's what I need you to know. Jesus loves you so much that he'll keep saying to you the same thing. Why does Jesus need to keep saying the same thing? Because people aren't listening. How many of you parents have noticed that about your kids? You can't say something just once, right? You got to say it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And God has a parental relationship 
with you and me. Jesus says, I'm God. We don't know. I'm God. Ah, can't really see it. I'm God. Well, I've read a philosopher and I've, I've read other religions. For how many of you, Jesus has been saying this to you for a long time. And the reason he keeps saying it is because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. You see, he's committed to pursuing you. Even when you're not responding to him. Because even when we are faithless, the Bible promises that he is faithful. I'm telling you, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one who loves like Jesus. Some of you have been in horrible relationships. Some people have walked away from you. Jesus wants to walk with you. He goes on. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have heard from him, I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, okay, they don't understand. Jesus says, all right, I'll say it again. Boy, is it an understatement to say that God's grace toward others is a lot more than how we treat others? Jesus is like, okay, I'll say it again. I'll I'll love you. I'll forgive you. I'll heal you. I'll unburden you. I'll accept you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. When you have lifted up, all right, what's that all about? That's the cross. It's Jesus going to the cross. They're going to murder God. When you have lifted up, it was to be shameful upon him. It was to shame him. Turns out it was for his glory. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, that phrase is a designation that Jesus uses for himself. It comes from the Old Testament book of Daniel. It's about a God who comes in the flesh. Then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. It's not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. He says, I know who I am. I know why I'm here. I know what I'm sent to say. I know what I'm sent to do. The Father has sent me to love you, to seek you, to save you, to forgive you, to unburden you. You need me. I am the light of the world. Come to me and I will walk with you. And then this most incredible ending to our passage Even as he spoke, many believed in him. My goal, my prayer today is that many would believe in him. Some people are like, are you trying to convert me? Yeah, that's what what we're seeking to do. You trying to make me a Christian? Absolutely. There's no one like Jesus. Outside of him, it's all darkness. Some of you have tried rebellion. That leads to darkness. Some of you have tried religion. That leads to darkness. Some of you have tried the culture. That leads to darkness. Jesus is the light of the world and many believed in him. He says, you're going to lift me up. You're going to crucify me. You know why Jesus died? For the forgiveness of sin. Now here's what we tend to do with our sins. Some of us just deny we have any sin. 
I didn't do anything wrong. I never do anything wrong. Some of us blame, some, blame someone else. That's an old trick. That goes all the way back to Genesis 3. Adam, what happened? I don't know. Everything was cool until that woman showed up. God goes to Eve. What happened? The devil made me do it. <laughs> You're going to shift blame. Some people excuse their sin. Well, I had a long day, and I didn't drink my coffee. And I took a personality test, and it turns out I'm a J-E-R-K. Some people embrace their sin. Yeah, I did a bad thing, but that's who I am, and I, I'm just being true to myself. Don't be true to you. Be true to him. Repent of who you are. Walk in the light and become like Jesus. The goal is not to become like you. It's to become like him. So is there another option? Yes. Admit who you are. Admit what you've said. Admit what you've done and seek his forgiveness. And let me tell you this. Forgiveness is awesome. Some of you carry this burden of guilt and shame and condemnation. And Jesus is like, how about if I die so you can live? How about I take it so you can leave it? How about I remove it so that the burden is lifted, the forgiveness is given, that relationship with me never ends? That's what it means to walk in the light. Forgiven, unburdened, known, changed, loved. I want to read for you one last line, and this is from... The last book of the Bible. It's where it's all headed. This too was written by the same author, John. It's from Revelation chapter 22, verse 5. It's after we die, after we rise, after the king comes and brings his kingdom with him, and we arise as the children of God out of our graves, fully forgiven, fully healed, fully saved. There will be no more night. There will be no more darkness in this creation. There's no more darkness remaining in the children of God. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. Well, if it's no longer a lamp or a sun, where's the light coming from? For the Lord God will give them light. Another translation will say, for the Lord God will be their light. One chapter earlier in Revelation we're told that the lamp is the Lamb of God, Jesus, the light of the world. And they will reign forever and ever. Here's what I want you to know. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus has a kingdom of total and complete light. There's no darkness. There's no sin. There's no death. There's no destruction. And the good news is he's coming back and he's bringing the kingdom with him. At his first coming, it was all veiled in humility. But in his second coming, it will be unveiled in all of his glory. And Jesus' glory will illuminate all of this new creation. There'll be no night, no darkness in us or around us, and the glory of the Lord will be unveiled for all eternity. And if you are a child of God, that's where you're going.
whoever follows him walks in the light. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.